In response to the vitriol flung at the supporters of the new Texas heartbeat law, CEO and founder of Tripwire Interactive, John Gibson, tweeted the following. Proud of hashtag U.S. Supreme Court affirming the Texas law banning abortion of babies with a heartbeat. As an entertainer, I don't get political often. Yet, with so many vocal peers on the other side of the issue, I felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life game developer. Other leaders of Tripwire and previous partner developers that helped make games such as popular medieval warfare game Chivalry 2, the first-person shooter Killing Floor, and survival game Maneater, where you control a shark trying to eat as many people as possible, spoke out against this expression of an individual opinion. Following the expressions of discontent, VP Alan Wilson addressed Twitter and the company by stating that John Gibson's comments are his own opinion and do not reflect those of Tripwire. In order to foster a more positive and inclusive environment, John will be yeeted from the company and I will serve as interim CEO. Additionally, the Tripwire Council of Five will be holding a town hall meeting led by newly hired HR slash DEI lead Mephesto, where employees will be spurred on to share their one-sided thoughts and opinions in an encouraging environment. Surrounded by fire upon the altar where employees may shout their abortions. When asked why Tripwire is making such a bold decision, yeeting their founder and CEO of over 15 years, Allen stated simply, We are a gaming company whose genre of games glorify violence and killing. John's tweet goes against the company's mission and the directives of the new Human Resources, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Department guidelines and rituals regarding the sacrifice of innocent children to the council. I'm Blue Shark 45, and this is GNA Podcast. Hail, salutations, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Blue Shark 45. I'm here to make jokes that some people don't find funny. You could say that that's in honor of Norm McDonald, who also did things that people didn't find funny, that were offensive and repulsive, but that he found hilarious. Well, Norm, we thank you for bringing so much humor to this world and to making SNL uh, Weekend Update just one of the best, best parts of SNL, in my personal opinion. I'm joined tonight by the one, the only guest on the show, Damoc. How you doing tonight, Damoc? Oh, man. I'm doing better than your butthole's going to be tomorrow when Cecil listens to that opener. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I thought it was hilarious, but no, we're not no, going to get into... I, I, I did too. I did too. I uh we're, we're not going to get into it too much because no. well guess what ladies and gentlemen. 
sometimes I push the line, sometimes I cross it, and well, you know, we're not going to talk about it. Maybe one day, maybe, we'll release an episode, it's called B-Sides, because let's just face it, folks, my jokes are B-rated and they're just not that A-class. But moving on, folks, to what you actually can hear, what you actually, well, you can't taste because we haven't figured out a way to make that come through audio. Uh, And if you can taste something, I hate to break it to you, but you're licking your phone and you really need to stop. You're, You're getting weird looks now and I really think you need to stop. But let's go into what we're tasting tonight in a new segment called Out of Order, or more commonly known as the old segment, What Are You Drinking? So, Damoc, what are you partaking in this evening? Well, I'm glad that you asked. I have some Southern Tier Pumpkin Ale. And, you know, it's getting close to October, so everybody's getting their Halloween shit out. And I love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkins in general. Like, fucking all you pumpkin seeds all goddamn day, every day. Uh, But Southern Tier really takes the crown when it comes to making a pumpkin ale. Overall, the taste is on point it's like a a liquid pumpkin pie it's got the the right spices the right flavor the right pumpkin taste it does like yeah it still has that beer type taste to it but honestly if you're a beer drinker especially a craft beer drinker you're gonna take one sip and go fuck me this is liquid pumpkin pie this shit is great it doesn't have the like you know when you mix a whipped cream with the pumpkin pie you don't get that really sweet taste you get more of like i just like eating plain pumpkin pie i'm not a big whipped cream fan in general unless we're talking about uh varsity blues man if that girl came out in a whipped cream bikini i couldn't say no either but uh (laughs) you know that's the only time i'm really gonna like whipped cream but you know overall if you like a good pumpkin ale i highly suggest southern tears pumpkin like p-u-m-p-k-i-n-g pumpkin how about you blue what are you drinking well I, let's see, what was it? It was a couple weeks ago. I wanted beer. Actually, no, I think it was last weekend. Yeah, we went down to uh, St. Augustine and hung around there and, uh, you know, just kind of enjoyed the fact that it was overcast and relatively cool. And by relatively cool, ladies and gentlemen, I mean that it's not 90 degrees, it's 80 degrees. And you know what? That is a big difference, Uh, especially when the sun's not shining. Because, uh, well, let's face it, um, and when the sun's shining, it, it's, it's hot and it's humid. But so we walked around and uh, I actually I had a, I, we were, let's see, we went to, um, went to a restaurant. They had, the, they had uh, our university's game up on the screen and I've been re- watching it and we finished eating and Brittany's like, yeah, let's, let's watch more of it. So I was like, okay. So I told the waiter, I'll have a beer. So I ordered a Blue Moon. Um, first beer I've had in a long time. Um, I haven't, just haven't been drinking beer lately. And uh, so I've been kind of having an itch for beer. And uh, this is my third one this week. I'm enjoying uh, Bold City Brewery's uh, Duke's Brown Ale. Uh, it's light and ABV. It's not very bitter. Uh, is a brown ale. 
I'd have to say if you like something darker, but don't like, because sometimes like stouts can be bitter. Like I think I, what did I have? Coconut stout. I had, I had, we, we stopped in another place and I got another drink. Uh, oddly enough, a coffee shop, they sold beer. So I ordered a uh, coconut stout from Ancient City. It was very bitter. And I drank that thing as fast as I could because the warmer it gets, the harder it is to drink when it's bitter like that. So, uh, the Duke's Brown Ale is very good in between like a, a lager and a stout. Like stout's very bold, very dark and rich in flavor. And an ale's like a little bit heavier um, than like a Pilsner. But uh, the brown ale kind of like spans that difference between the two, if you ask me. So, it's a, it has the darker side, so it's got a little more flavor to it, like a stout would. But it also brings in the lighter flavor taste of the lager and just meets in a nice happy medium. There are some brown ales that I'm sure aren't great as far as like taste. They're kind of bitter. But I'd have to say this is pretty good. I've had these are cans, not, not bottles, and I've had these for probably ooh, seven months, and they're holding up well. I didn't refrigerate them or anything. They don't taste skunky, so that's why I like cans, and uh, it still tastes nice and smooth. And it's very good. Um, Newcastle. Does a brown ale. So if you like Newcastle's that, brown ale is really good. I used to so, drink that a lot. Yeah. So if you like that, I would say if you ever see Bold City Brewery and you see Dukes, it's got a picture of a. Oh, what is he? Um, I always forget what kind of dog this is. Boxer. You see a picture of a boxer on the can. Well, show me the can, man. Okay. We have a video right here. Like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take this can out of this Yeti thing. It's helping keep it cold on my desk because I don't have a mini fridge up here. And I'm going to turn this and raise this towards the camera so Damoc can see what's on the can. So, please enjoy this moment of, well, you, you're really not going to enjoy this moment very well because this is audio. I'm now showing Daymark the can. Ooh, ah, <laughs> wow. That is definitely a dog. But I don't know my dogs because I'm a cat dude. So, yeah. It's it's a boxer. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I, I know what a boxer is. It, it's interesting, though. It's a boxer without snipped ears. And I always see a lot of boxers with snipped ears. I don't know why people do that. I don't know either. I, I don't understand it. I don't like, I don't fuck with the animals, man. The animal is yeah. a goddamn animal. It came with tail. It came with fucking ears. Why fuck with it? Yeah. I mean, like, I understand, like, there's uh, uh, sled dogs I've seen that they, f- they clip the dew claw. It's, it's the one that's up higher on their leg. And they clip it because usually it gets infected and it causes problems for the animal. And it's so they clip it when the puppy's born. So it's not painful to the dog that much. And it's, you know, it's just, it's a quality of life for them. But if so, if boxers are getting their ears clipped for a reason, then I'm sure, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, but if it's so, something like cosmetic, like I, people snip tails for the dumbest reasons, like, oh, I like short tails. No, 
Yeah, I've heard that snipping the tail doesn't hurt. Um, I don't know. I, I've never actually looked it up. I know that snipping the ears is also another thing that is supposedly not supposed to hurt. So I have the four cats, and one of them has one snipped ear uh, because he was a feral cat. And all the cats that get yes. trapped in feral traps here, they snip one ear. Um, so he, he's got a clipped ear. It doesn't seem to bother him much. You can still rub that ear, and he just purrs. But he's such a fucking lovey cat, dude. He was never feral. That's such bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that cat loves people. Don't give a fuck. Loves people. Well, that's good. So, uh, let's move into our next segment, ladies and gentlemen. It's called State of Games, where we talk about games that we've been playing. And Blue's going to disappoint us. We can pontificate. Here we go. He's going to pontificate. I still have no idea what the fuck the word pontificate means, but here we go. Blue's going to pontificate about games because I uh, I played one phone game for about nine minutes when I was taking a shit the other day, and um, I, uh, I caught one Pokemon, man. That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 is that what you did, or are you making fun no, of me? No, that's you. Oh, that's I know me? It's okay. You. All right, all right. Well, I'm going to put you to shame because guess what? I did that plus more. So, but just 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 to to increase your level of knowledge, so uh, this is according to the Oxford Dictionary. Uh, pontificate is a verb. It is express one's opinions in a way considered annoyingly pompous and dogmatic. Wait, so that's how I talk <laughs> in general. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why Cecil likes that word so much because it's it's a little tongue in cheek. Like if you know what pontificate means, then you you laugh. It's, that's see see this goes right back to Norm Macdonald. This is kind of like his jokes. Like if you know this stuff, like he. You like watch Weekend Update and he talks about he keeps bringing up OJ Simpson over and over and over again. And you're and like he's making jokes like murder is now legal. Like that's one of the jokes. Um, and, you know, and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of funny and stuff. But you, what you don't get the, is that the guy who's the head of SNL was a fan of OJ's. And he told Norm. Don't do that anymore. And Norm kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it over and over again until he got fired for it. Okay. So so that that is a little additional layer of humor to it because he's like, yeah, I don't care. This is funny to me. Like, it's just like I'm poking you and I'm making silly jokes. So, you know, that's that little tongue in cheek stuff. So going back to this, I I did more than than sit on the john and uh, catch a Pokemon. I also, I, I tried getting my Xbox working, uh, had nap problems, and by the time I got that all fixed, none of my friends were online Thursday night, so I was like, ah, oh, screw it. So, um, my buddy-ish uh, plays Rainbow Six, uh, I guess Rainbow Six Siege, to be exact, and I'm like, okay, and so I was like, let me put that on my Steam wish list because he plays on PC. Because if that goes on sale and it goes for dirt cheap enough, I will buy it. So it went dirt cheap, I think, last week for five bucks. 
So I got it. I don't have all the little, I guess you can buy extra things and like unlock special characters. Yeah, and I, I don't know how much time I'm going to spend into this game. But I played about 45 minutes of that yesterday. It was kind of late by the time I got the Xbox working and I had very little energy to deal with things. I'd have to say for a game without a campaign, the tutorial is the hardest thing to find. It is a pain in the butt. Like there's like, oh yeah, here's a scenario. That's great. Scenarios are cool. What the heck is this icon at the top of my HUD? What do I have to do to peek around a corner? Like, run me through the stupid, oh, here, let's go through the killing house. And let's play, you know, shoot the dummy. And here, we're going to teach you how to do this, this, this. I have no idea what the heck everything is. Like, oh, yeah, there's my health bar. Here's my ammo. Here's my gun. Here's how to switch guns. Here's how to throw a flashbang. Here's how to put a droid down. They ruined the game. I'm like, this is so... It's It, it just really wasn't... It, it's just poorly laid out as a tutorial guide. Like, there really is no good tutorial. In it. And if I was, like, first getting into this... One, I would that'd be a mistake to get in such a competitive based game. But two, it's like, come on. Like, you have to show me more of this. Cause like I had options like get in and play with new people. And it's like, I don't want to get in and just play with new people. I want to know how everything works. I want to be able like to have like some sort of a competitive edge. So I'm kind of disappointed that they really don't have that. And I'm gonna have to go search the internet to figure out what the heck these things are on the top of my HUD are and how the heck to peek around a corner. Because I was like, I go up to something and it's like, vault. I was like, wow, okay. So I know how to vault over something. But it's like, how do I peek? Oh, ain't down sights? Nope, I'm not peeking around the corner. What do I need to do? And I was like, tired. So I really wasn't like giving it my all. I probably got to like aim down sights and then press like the side, like press like, move left um, or right i believe it's q and e and q and e are the lean okay it is in other video games i i've played rainbow six siege i did not like it i think that they've ruined the fucking rainbow six franchise thankfully we have the redeeming quality of all of that by door kickers and door kickers too that it's not the exact same but at least it brings back the single player and it brings back the strategic value of what the Rainbow Six games were always meant to be about, not the stupid, hey, this is just a multiplayer shooter game and by the way, we're going to make it highly competitive except that we're only going to make two guns be worth it and it's going to be like this and like this and like this. Oh, and the maps are completely unbalanced. So yeah, good luck for competitive play. Yeah. I never really got into the multiplayer aspects of it. I, I've i played, I think it was Rogue Spear. I played like pieces of that on the N64. Maybe that wasn't Rogue Spear, but one of the Rainbow Six games. I think it was Rogue Spear that was on 64. Um, and I, I, played, I played a little bit of that. Um, actually, I think it's just called Rainbow Six. Yeah, it's just called Rainbow Six. And it's only $30. Oh, boy. But, yeah. So, Red Storm, you know, when they made that one, I played a little bit of it. 
Uh, don't remember a whole heck of a lot of it. I remember it being a little challenging. And then I played, <laughs> I played a version on a phone before. Literally, like, uh, it's like top Why? view. Well, you know, I just, I was like phone, I got money for uh, a game. Uh, and this was back when I just, I mean, this wasn't like a smartphone. This is a flip phone I played this on. Um, and so, you, you only had like limited views. So, you would like go into a spot and it's like, oh, crap, there are people ahead. Um, or if you turn the corner and someone was patrolling, you'd be like, you know, screwed most likely but um yeah th this is this is my third um entrance into the gaming side of rainbow six i enjoyed the book but yeah i i was a little more excited about rainbow six patriots the game that never came never became developed had that really cool trailer in the beginning like i was looking forward to that but alas it turned into a Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, because the no single player, multiplayer only first person shooter games really took off when Call of Duty did it. And they were like, look, people are still stupid enough to buy this game for full price. We didn't even bother putting single player in it. And everybody else followed suit like, fuck yeah, dude, this is great. And now everybody's back to mostly buying a whole bunch of single-player-only games. The trend is very... Well, the Steam trend is very interesting to look at the charts. Uh, people have gone back to wanting single-player more than multiplayer because they already have their... I play this one multiplayer game and that's fucking it. I'm tired of playing with other people. I hate humanity. Yeah, I mean, and if you also look at it like... Why play a whole bunch of different multiplayer games? Why? Just, you, you get something. I mean, it's it's those guys who are, like, already, like, within the first week, already, like, on second or third prestige. Because that's all they play. It's all they do. And that's what they enjoy. And so, they're not going to go pick up another multiplayer game and go play that really, unless there's something super compelling for them to get into it. Like maybe Destiny scratches that itch and there's your there's your there's your single player or multiplayer campaign right there. And then, you know, it scratches that that Halo itch, um Halo esque itch. Uh in, you know, in the multiplayer arena. But I never really wanted to buy any of the Call of Duty games that had just multiplayer. The only reason why I have them is because my game sharing with someone else. Ooh, you can't say that out loud, man. You keep your mouth shut. I play on PlayStation, by the way, folks. Yeah, apparently he says PlayStation. Now he's like, yo, I was trying to fix my Xbox earlier. Shit. I know. That's what it is. Mm. Oh, so, so did you play any other games? Let, 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 so no, I, no, I did no. see, I did see your tag come up and say you played Rainbow Six Siege, and I was like, that must be like Brit Shark because Blue Shark <laughs> doesn't play yeah, those no. fucking games. So I was no. like, it's totally her rocking the fucking sauce, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, could yeah. see her just screaming, "Get some, get some!" <laughs> just t -t 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 throwing a fucking grenade around the corner, and be like, "Ah, ooh, yeah." Man. No, her her interest is. Uh, I think I got her into Mickey's Epic Adventure. 
The second oh, one. The one with the um You go black and white. And then you go like modern. Uh, I forget what it the whole premise was. I got her into that. And then like you yeah, you play as like the rabbit dude and Mickey. And then there I got her into um Overcooked. Oh dude, I can't play Overcooked. That game like hilarious. My anxiety just shoots to the roof and I get so stressed out and upset. Same same here. And and it's it's fun to hear your your well, she she was my girlfriend at the time. Hear her just shouting at me, get the F or she's like, Stop washing my dishes, get the F out of my kitchen. nice because <laughs> i wasn't nice. following i wasn't following her plan but yeah so video gaming isn't like her strong suit like she i i bought a an aladdin a lion king dual game on the switch and she liked playing that but yeah that's, that's the extent you know, of her gaming i gotta say selkie likes playing video games but she's not a, a big hardcore gamer i am super fucking proud of her but i gotta keep my mouth shut right um i'm super proud she finished resident evil village finally the other day like full on nice. she struggled with it off and on for months and you know like since it came out she's been playing it and she just finally finished it now granted she doesn't get all the time in the world to play video games but every once in a while she gets that hair up her ass and is like i'm gonna sit down and play fucking video games and she does and yeah she finally finished resident evil village and now i i can talk about the ending because i've known for months but you know it's pretty awesome dude i'm I'm super fucking proud of her good all right so what about you what did Uh, you cookie clicker and and cookie clicker and, and more cookie clicker because Cecil showed me that it's four ninety nine on Steam and I was like, oh fuck, dude, do you see this messy fucking hair? Do you see like the facial hair that's all overgrown and untrimmed? You see the bags under my eye because I have to make sure I click all the fucking cookies all the time to make sure I raise my goddamn prestige level to get better and do the top or or you know i i cheat and use an auto clicker because i just like seeing numbers get bigger for some reason i'm kind of weird but yeah no uh seriously aside from cookie clicker because i i actually have been letting that run almost 24 7 since it came out on steam um i've been playing as it came out pathfinder wrath of the righteous and it is the I want to say sequel, but it's not a sequel. It's the second game by Alcat Studios, and it follows Alcat Studios' first game, which was Pathfinder Kingmaker. It is, um, if you don't know, you know, there's a difference between Pathfinder and Dungeons and Dragons, and oh my God, there's so many other variations of those uh but D went from like edition three to edition four and everybody hated edition four so this new company that was already making books for dungeons and dragons um they came out and launched their own game which was pathfinder and it, it's quote unquote 3.5 because it's still third edition with some extra upgrades here and there and you know the company did it Anyways, now there's Pathfinder 2.0 because, yeah, whatever. Pathfinder Kingmaker came out a couple years ago and it follows the Pathfinder rulebook. And it's a pretty much 
they adapted a one-off story, uh, you know, like a one-off campaign, which is a, a, a pretty long campaign. I think it took me 162-ish hours to beat, and that was kind of like rushing through it, not even getting all the backstory. Um, that was really good. Alcat just launched Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. I'm 55 hours deep, and... Um, I've had to change my character three times now because I want to do the right thing. Um, and I, I'm not, I did not realize that they had added in a, an ability to become a lich. So now I'm playing a lawful evil character just rampaging through stuff so I can become a fucking undead, unkillable lich god. Um, I'm getting really excited about that. Uh, yeah, so I'm on my third character and I have only just broken into chapter two. I think there's four chapters. Is there maybe five chapters? I don't know, but I'm 55. Or sorry, Steam says I'm 54.5 hours into the game. I'm 55 hours in this game. Like, oh, it's so good. If you like tabletop role-playing games, right? If you like playing D&D with your friends, but you can't get a group of friends to consistently get together and do it, um, which I have that problem because I have, you know, family obligations and all of that. I don't always get to join everybody's group as much as I, I truly enjoy playing the games. Um, but if you like Pathfinder and you liked that experience, now you get to take control of the entire party and they have the entire turn-based system built into it and you can turn it off because you can play real-time with pause or you can play absolute turn-based without having to get a mod like you had to do with Kingmaker and you play turn-based I, I mean technically overall the, the entire game is turn-based you just when you're doing live action with pause you don't see it as much it's just a much smoother transaction but man if you are a D&D &D fan or Pathfinder fan and you are it just you want to get just fucking balls deep in that lore and really enjoy the game and all the hidden effects that are, are straight from the campaigns that they released I cannot recommend it harder dude like I, I'll, I'll tell you what I, you fucking email the GNA podcast at the end of this fucking episode or, or whenever the fuck you hear and be like hey man Daymok I want to play I'll buy you a copy of the game I'm going to need to know your fucking Steam name I, I'm so... I love it so much, dude. I know it's a brand new game. I know it's like 60 bucks and all that. Not a problem. Not a fucking problem. It's such a good game. Everybody should be playing it. If you like tabletop RPGs and adapted for the video game, so I, I get to sit down at home and play it. And it's like, yeah. Do I miss going over to God's house? Do I miss going over to Cecil's house and actually rolling the dice? Yes. But this game makes up for a lot of it. So... That is what I've been doing, you know. Um, it's only been out for like a week and uh, <laughs> 55 hours into it, including, you know, you know I still have 40-hour work weeks. Uh, yeah, I spend my spare time. Impressive. Have you ever... I, I think I may have gotten one of them for free, but did you ever play things like... Uh, I want to say it was... Was it... Warhammer, or was it? Yeah, it was Warhammer, like Vermintide. Oh yes, so I have played you ever play any of Vermintide. Those war... Okay. Yep. 
all the way through. Enjoyed the shit out of it. They're really good games. Um, I thought Vermintide at first was a little slow going, um, and it had some issues, but I, I got over it, and I, I really enjoyed it, and I played that one, I believe, to completion. I'll have to go back and actually check. Um, and then I've tried to play the Warhammer Total War games. Man, I love the original Total War games when they came out, and I played the crap out of them. But now, trying to play those, holy crap, dude, there is so much. There's so much more to learn, and I'm so far behind. And I'm like, I was trying to play with uh, my cousin's husband. I, I don't know how you say that in terms of family relation. Yeah, cousin's husband, fuck it. Uh, Who happens to also be your cousin? Because he's yeah, married cousin to cousin in law. I think they're just called. I mean, maybe. I've yeah, only, right, I've always referred to my cousin's w- husband as my cousin. Yeah. So my cousin's husband, dude, dude is cool as fuck. Um, really enjoy playing, just talking video games with him in general and talking art in general. Um, but yeah. I need to actually get in and play that game. We were going to sit down and play it together, and it just kind of... Life's kind of a bitch sometimes, man. We live on opposite ends of the United States, so... (laughs) Fun, fun. But I've wanted to play those games as well. I know you can do turn-based and take a really long, detailed look, but it's still not the same as when you're playing Pathfinder. It's still very much a dice-based game. It's just virtual dice, and you can check all the numbers. Like... Everything from Pathfinder has been completely converted over into a wondrous game. And if you played Kingmaker when it came out, I'm sorry. I'm the idiot who spent all that extra money and bought that Ultra Deluxe Edition for myself. I bought the Ultra Deluxe Edition for God because God loves tabletop and he loves Pathfinder. Um, And the first year that it was out, it needed major, major patches to be even remotely playable. Um, But yeah, I'm playing the new one, Wrath of the Righteous. Alcat has learned everything that they've done from Pathfinder. Yes, they're still releasing patches every couple days, but it's more minor fixes. And the game has been completely playable for me across the board. But I've only scratched chapter two because I didn't like playing an Inquisitor. And then I wanted to play a sorcerer who's going to turn into a lich. But then I wanted to get into a trickster just so I could play around. And yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm going to have 400 different games going. Man, I can never do that. I have to. I just like story so much that I have to burn through it. I I don't spend a lot of time running through. I think my first playthrough of Assassin's Creed, I was blowing through it. The first time I ever played an Assassin's Creed game, the the later playthroughs of Assassin's Creed, man, I spent so much time like side missions and there's like leveling getting more power because it's just like yeah it's just gonna make everything easier later so it's like you know that that whole thing where it's like you show up and the boss is like a like a a lion and here a giant t-rex kind of like analogy but uh i just story to me is just it that's if it's good if i really like it um which i i can 
I think of most games, like that's what compels me to uh, to blow through and like skip like finding the items and stuff is the story. Most games have been like that for me. It's gameplay, I haven't really been like, oh man, I, I'm going to restart this over and do something different. Like, never crosses my mind. I'm, I'm like the opposite of you. I have to know the ending. I have to know the next part, the next chapter. In a good game, at least. Yeah. Um, then I, if you have the actual time to sit down and do it, even if you do the pre-built or you use a guide to build a character, if you are truly into very deep storyline and all of that and making choices that will affect things, try Pathfinder. But I'm telling you now, like, I'm 55 hours in the game, and I think there's four or five chapters, and I've only scratched chapter two a little bit. But that's my fault for uh, remaking, like, you know, my third character, because I, I wanted to play a, a very specific way. Is uh, If you don't know when I play dice rolling games... I'm banned, kind of. Like, it's more like a soft ban from playing certain characters and classes. Because when they say that I can make a Crusader... Oh. My Crusader can do no wrong because in the real Crusades, Crusaders could do whatever they wanted and it was all blessed off by the priests and lore. Whether or not... A god uh, really blesses it or not, yeah. But anyways, the priests bless it, and therefore they could do no wrong in the eyes of their god. So if I have to torture somebody to get the information that I need so that I can go and save the children that are trapped in this well, then you know what? I'll break a couple fingers, and then I'll you know, some lay on hands, and I'll fix your fingers. And then, like, you went through all that pain, now your fingers are fixed, and then I'll break them one by one again to make sure. And we can just keep going through this process until I get the information that I need. That's not smiled upon to be a lawfully good paladin. Yeah. But I can do that in fucking Pathfinder. Very, very sneaky. All right. Well, let's move into some uh, topics for uh, this evening's show. So, The Matrix 4. Well, folks, I don't know about you, but... uh, I don't know many four movies that were really, like, great. I mean, Star Wars, but that's only because they started with four. Uh, that was that was pretty darn good. Uh, good catch. Good fucking catch, because I was going, eh, yeah. what movie? Oh, no, yeah, good catch. Yeah, yeah. New, new, new Hope. New Hope, it was a pretty good number four movie, but <laughs> it was technically not a number four movie. It was the first. <laughs> Anywho, um, so I have my... My hesitations and my re- all right, sorry, my reservations about this Matrix Revolution or res- sorry, Resurrections. So I saw the trailer. Did you see the trailer, Damoc? The- Are you kidding me? Of course, I've seen the fucking trailer. It's okay. the Matrix. So this this movie web article they're talking like we showed the film to Con- or, uh, Keanu, and he was really blown away by it and he's and he said something that is typical keanu where it's 
incredibly insightful. Okay, that's that's great. I'm glad he likes his own work. I mean, I like my own work. You know, like if you've heard the joke to the is the cold open to this show, I I don't think you'll appreciate that as fine art. <laughs> so I'm a little skeptical about this. Uh, and the trailer to me looks a lot of like, hey, let's do the exact same thing again. With a little few changes here and there. But maybe it's not the whole story. Maybe there's more to it. Which I So, hope- wait, wait, wait. Okay. So, here's the big thing. You do understand that... <laughs> I, fu- I fucking hate this. The, the first Matrix movie was absolutely phenomenal. Great yes. movie. The second and third movies don't ever exist to me. I don't fucking talk yeah, about them. They're garbage. They don't exist. They're, they're utter trash. And those brothers now turn sisters, whatever the fuck, don't care, don't like them. Uh, those movies are shit. However, if you actually look at what is canon and what is not... Everything Matrix-related is 100% canon. So, movie one, two, and three. Then, after three was that Matrix Online. Everything in the Matrix Online is canon. After that, there was the other Matrix video game and all of that. That storyline is canon. And it's Morpheus rebuilding Neo and all of that. And coming back and... So then it goes to the Matrix 4. Everything that has happened in all the video games after the movies is 100% canon. And this is... It's going to be interesting because it looks like they have succeeded in bringing Neo back after his ultimate sacrifice... And everything like that. And that's why the trailer looks a little wonky. It almost looks like a total reboot of The Matrix, honestly. Um, And that's because it is. And they are rebooting The Matrix because they brought Neo back. Because he made the ultimate sacrifice. He did the whole fucking thing. Shattered the Matrix. Fixed the Matrix. Where the fuck it was. And now you will see the machines working with humans. Blah, blah, blah. Like like you did in the video game type era. Um, but yeah, all of the video game era is 100% canon. And the movie takes place after all of that. So if you're not tracking, you can ignore movie 2 and 3. Because honestly, they're, they're worthless. And the plot lines were just utter shit to begin with but then follow along with the plot lines of what the video games were and then you can get yourself to matrix 4 and be like oh so it is a it it is a fucking reboot but not a complete reboot entirely like you know you'll notice that uh certain key actors are are not there actresses and actors are not there because you know technically they they died off years ago it's supposed to be set ooh it's so many years after the after neo sacrifice but it's going to be interesting but if you don't know the video game canon for, brush up on that and i'm sure there's a wikipedia article out there or somebody's written a really good hey blah 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 but the video games are canon for the matrix 4 movie which i thought was awesome pain in the ass because the video games were shit 
right? The yeah. Matrix Online was trash. I don't mm-hmm. know. I didn't even play the other Matrix game, but I've never heard any good things about it. The video games were trash. However, they stayed true to what they were saying, and they made them fucking canon. And for that, I got to give them some credit. Yeah, that's good. Better than what Star Wars did. Yeah, dude. George Lucas, you were a genius, dude. You fell off the fucking boat years ago. Yeah. Not fuck, 20 plus years ago at this point. Shit. Yeah, now there's like some high council book crap that I keep seeing getting promoted. But anywho, so my my skepticism on this is that it's going to... This is what I don't like. I don't like rehashing and reusing predictable elements. So, uh, what was the first one of the sequels in Star Wars called? Force Awakens wait, or something like that? Wait, wait, okay, so which version? <laughs> like, are we talking the nah. Holy Trinity? Are we talking the shit uh, one, two, and three? Or are we talking the literal reboot of the Holy Trinity that they exactly. somehow the, named yes, seven, eight, nine, even he, though it's four, yes. five, and six retold? Yeah, that's that's what I don't like. That kind of stuff i do not like them redoing that like it's like i've seen the movie before you don't need to change the main character to a girl to 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 sell this like you you had so much more material to work with so it's like oh i i guess he's morpheus in the movie nope he's not they don't call him morpheus in that because okay so that thing i read about in the video game means that yeah he probably is uh uh, I'm seeing articles. He looks a lot like Morpheus, but he's not. Interesting. It's his son, man. Wow, fancy. So we're really far. Uh, so I think that if this is going to be a complete redo of Matrix, no, not a good movie. Like, I don't need you mm. to, to retell me the, the thing with, like, that's if they're going to do that. That's what they're going to do. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of paying to see the same movie that I saw back in 1999. Like, I don't need to see the 1990 movie shot with newer equipment, with better graphics, with newer CGI stuff. Like, I don't want to see that again. If it's continuation of the story and builds and builds upon that and makes something better all for that but the way a lot of this stuff is gone with this stuff i really feel like they've they've done like hey we've done this idea before let's do it again i'm gonna have a fucking aneurysm with the way that you're talking about this movie man like and i'm gonna tell you i only like the first matrix movie everything else about the matrix can fuck itself it's all trash across the board okay i understand but 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 What's the greatest part about the fucking Matrix? It's a computer program. Of course, they're going to literally reboot it entirely. It's going to be different, right? It it is going to be different because it's not going to be the first movie remade from scratch. um, But it is going... They have to 
they're recreating Neo and then going from there and whether or not he's going to have the memories and this and that and that. We don't know until the, the movie comes out, but it's the perfect movie that can hit the reset button and literally remake the first movie but still include all the past into it because it's the one of the only movie I don't want to say the only movie but one of one of the only movies that it's okay that makes sense that's canon that storyline you're still going to see a continuation of things because now Neo comes back and can they do a couple more movies? And plus, I say brothers, but they're sisters now, and that that gets you know who's on first. I don't fucking know anymore. Uh, but Blue looked like completely like, huh? Who's on first? You don't know that like old ass Albert, yeah, Al- Albert and Castillo, whatever the fuck the who's on first thing. No. It's like, um, who's on first? Who? No, I was asking you, like, the person that's on first, his name is who? And, like, anyways, you know, I'd, I'd have to look it up to explain it better. But it's, it's okay. a fucking great joke, dude. Um, yeah, it's too political Abbott for me to really Costello. get. Yeah, it, it's too political for me to actually get into on the show. Um, but it's it's a great, because it's a metaphor for the, the trans thing. and uh, But overall, <laughs> right? It's not because the joke came out way, 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 way before, but yeah, yeah, it can yeah. be u- used anyway. So Monty Python's got a few of those anti-trans jokes, yeah, or, well, jo- or jokes that poke yeah. fun of trans stuff, which is hilarious. Yeah, this one doesn't poke fun at trans, but it can be used to poke fun at trans in a way. Anyways, so the Matrix, literally a computer program literally can be rebooted every time neo wins because we find out in all the movies that yeah neo is always he always responds it's always a different person but they always do that and he gets it and then it resets and the matrix just keeps going and going and going and then the last time he made the ultimate sacrifice and he broke the matrix or where the fuck he actually did to it and now they're trying to bring it bring him back because you know he did not respond because he did that ultimate fucking you know Kamehameha move and yeah do yeah, I think I don't like anything but the first Matrix movie I'm excited for the Matrix 4 because it's going to be the first Matrix but it's going to have all that history and backstory into it and that's going to make me happy because the first Matrix movie is the only fucking decent Matrix movie and the video games can fucking suck my dick they're terrible Which, anyways that's fine if it builds that's okay but if it is a if it's pretty much just like a one to one exact remaking of the 1990 movie no 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 no. the the trailer shows you it's not that yeah which it doesn't seem like it is but i just that's that that's my biggest pet peeve and that's always my biggest worry is when they do stuff like that i mean oh yeah they're learning about themselves again except trinity also doesn't know her her past it's like okay fine well, that's so, c- cool yeah but yeah if, i, I mean you. if they, if I they throw that. if they throw hugo weaving into it then sure I'll, I'll i think that would be great i think it's gonna be a great movie because hugo weaving really made the matrix i, I can give you that <laughs> i i'm sure 
If that's how you feel, got, you got to love the villain. He's he, in that. He's just he's a really good villain. Yeah, I didn't see him as a villain, but okay, I'll, I'll give you that. You don't think Smith's a villain? No, not at all. Smith is not the villain in any way, shape, or form. So, who do you think is the villain in the Matrix? Do you think it's the architect? Neo. Neo's the villain. Neo's the villain in the Matrix. Neo is the glitch in the Matrix. Everything else about the Matrix is programmed to do as it is supposed to do. So, Smith is, yes, while he is, oh my, you know, we have to go after Neo and all that, he's literally a scripted fucking bot that is doing what he is supposed to do. The architect of the Matrix made the Matrix because humanity kind of screwed itself. Let's go ahead and nuke the skies, guys, because that's how we're going to shut them down from solar power. And yeah, so then the robots create this whole thing. Neo is the glitch in the Matrix. So it's like, technically, Neo is the bad guy who's bringing everything down, which, and if he does completely destroy the Matrix, what are humans going to wake up to? A world that they can't live and breathe in because it's been nuked to nothingness? So now you're going to bring all these people out and they're going to live in the, this is the great part, they're going to live in the center of the Earth because it's hollow Earth theory all over again, right? Because they're super deep down and shit. I mean... Uh, yeah, well, Neo, Neo's the Neo's the bad guy across the board. Okay, so you you never I I don't know if they covered this in the first movie. I don't know or not, but I know they covered it in the trilogy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a sucker for knowing what happens next. That's why I've watched bad movies. So the idea was to save people who could be saved and people who have come so dependent upon the matrix was to consider keeping them in the matrix they weren't thinking about saving all of humanity because yes you are right it is a horrible a horribly tough time to survive outside of the matrix given the current state of the world but you have to understand is the matrix is kind of like the element in a brave new world where everyone's drugged it's all about your, I mean, the, 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 the original creation that they talk about, the talk talks about the original creation of the Matrix where you got everything you wanted and everything was perfect. It was true, brave new world. This is brave new world 2.0 with refinements and let's make sure people don't reject it as much was the idea. It's still a drug that's fed to everyone and they're trying to save them from their own addiction to this 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 machine humanity has jacked up the world and this is also where you know he becomes it and and the neo is he's not portrayed as a villain like hey you have an interesting idea like looking at it from the computer side but that's not what they're getting at they're getting at the humanity of it he is jesus christ he's the savior He's the one who's come to save the people, to send the message. And the people who want the message will seek him out, will find him. Like, new recruits, people come in, bringing out, taking in the message. It's like, it's that Jesus Christ gospel message, kind of like story, is what they're kind of going with that with Neo. Uh, Smith is... <sighs> See, that the, the only thing that's different is Smith isn't necessarily 
Lucifer because he's rebelling against the element that's holding together the matrix, the architect, you know, who created this system and kind of the Oracle to he's kind of more of a rogue he's a roguish character um but he he's he's got villainous intent because he keeps going after you know the savior of the world he has to it's his programming no smith's smith that's not his programming smith has gone rogue like i i don't know what they touched in the video games but they touched in and two and three the reason why neo is allowed to do what he's do to to stop smith is because they can't control smith smith went rogue because he had that interaction with neo um when he tried to take over his body in the 1999 version or movie so smith becomes uh he he becomes kind of like what you're you're getting at with neo who's uh who's a corrupt or he's a program that that messes with the system he becomes a corrupt program that messes with the system okay i can see him becoming a corrupted program but he's still going off of his programming i mean maybe it's intended for him to be altered but he's not going off of the same agent programming like the other agents. The other agents go in and they're they're trying to stop the revolution. Smith becomes focused on killing the one. And maybe that – but I don't think that's really what the architect planned because the architect didn't intend for Neo to not go through the door. He was supposed to go through the one doorway that was supposed to put the code back in. He was going to go back in the tube and the end of, uh, was that, what was the second matrix? Wasn't revolution. They don't exist to me, but I'm reloaded. Reloaded. That's what it was. Matrix reloaded. He was supposed to go through the one door and said he goes to the other door to save Trinity. So he saves Trinity and therefore he alters what the course is supposed to be. Smith is also... I mean, maybe that that then further altered Smith, but, you know, maybe, but the thing is, is that it wasn't Smith who took captive Trinity, per se. It was, um, it was agents that got the dropped on her, and it was supposed to be this, uh, so you have this hard decision. You must either choose between to save the love of your life or to follow through with what your programming is and to go through that door and reload the Matrix. To bring the one back to the program. Smith, like Smith had already gone off the reservation, which then makes Neo alter off the reservation. And this is kind of where I think, you know, the the, the Jesus allegory, what, I think allegory? Symbolism. Yeah, it'd be an allegory. Yeah, allegory. The, the Jesus allegory is, you know, modified a little bit from, from this. Uh, you know, it's not a one-to-one thing. Uh, it becomes this idea it kind of gets implanted where he goes off the reservation to not wanting to do that. He's going to do kind of like what Smith does, go against his programming. So you have two people who have essentially gone against what they're intended to do. Him to Smith to stop rogue uh, terrorists 
are, you know, the revolutionaries. And Neo, who, you know, Smith goes off of that reservation and Neo goes off the reservation of reloading the Matrix. Yeah, um, so I'm looking it up and Smith's, the thing that they did with Smith is they humanized him throughout the the movie. Yes. He started out as a rogue... Well, no, he started out as the actual program, and then now he's gone rogue, and he's against the Matrix in general, and he wants the Matrix to shut down entirely. So, yes, yeah, he yeah he doesn't want to be a part of it. He wants to be completely erased and forgotten about because he doesn't want to continue fighting Neo again and again and again and again. Yeah, no, yeah, he doesn't like want he to do this time. He doesn't want to do this war anymore. Like that monologue he had with Morpheus when they're interrogating him is I can smell it, I can taste it. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, so I'm looking it up. He's just uh, he's a it's a nihilist machine. Oh yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> that has gone very much sideways, nuking the entire planet to the point where it's nothing but dust. Yeah, true story. So I I I don't know. I'm excited for the new movie. I hope it is a fucking reboot, quote unquote, of sorts. Um. And that the Wachowski, only one of them's doing it. I don't know what he renamed himself to. I, I know they were the brothers. I know they're now the sisters uh, for whatever the fuck that is all worth. I know one of the sisters is out um, and only the other sisters fucking directing it and writing the story for it and blah, blah, But supposedly both of them have approved it and, uh, yeah. And then there's the whole, You're like, right. you they know. Were, they were, the, the, the Wachowskis, formerly known as the Wachowski brothers, now, uh, Lana and Lily Wachowski, they... They, they changed their names. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they went trans, dude. And then the big thing is if you really want to get into it, we'll have to change this. Uh, you, you should join the GNA Discord and jump into the political chat because we uh-huh. can really get into this on the political chat. Um, yeah, the Matrix was all about repression of their sexual identities and coming out and forward with everything. And then after the movies came out, they switched over to trans. We can do a whole thing in the political chat about that because wow. there's all kinds of evidence around that. Now, I don't know because I've not analyzed it myself, and it, it's too much for this podcast because, you know, we're, we're here to get drunk and talk about video games yeah. and nerd shit for the most part. But, yeah. I, I, I will I will add this before we move on um, is that it, I, I don't like the way the internet's gone with this because it's like you, you used – if I had looked up the Wachowski brothers – then it should have been like, oh yeah, the Wachowski brothers, formerly known as such, now known as this, but instead it's like it's been completely erased. Like it's uh the Yes, they erase history. Yeah, like it's it's for the for this this little thing, they erase history. But moving on, let's go into something that's a it's a little more scientific. SpaceX inspiration four. Um it's an all civilian launch. Uh, so the dra- the crew the the crew dragon is set to send four everyday people um, into space from the Florida coast on Wednesday. So you know if you're listening to this podcast, that was almost a week ago. Uh, I missed this. It was a milestone launch, and this so this this is what uh, CNET thinks could kick off the new era of space tourism. I think it could, and I personally think this is great. Like. 
I know the people. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when uh, Jeff Bezos, the the petition for Jeff Bezos to not be allowed to come back to Earth was hilarious. It's just so funny. Like, yeah, let's not let Jeff Bezos come back to Earth. It's like, yeah, I, I just thought that was funny. I really don't have anything against Jeff Bezos. I mean, the man's extremely successful and he made a lot of money, you know, from turning his garage uh, book selling online company into what Amazon is today. So him going into space was great. Now this whole thing with sending an all civilian crew, just like in the sense that I, I don't think the other guys who went up, um, last summer i don't think they were military i think they were considered civilian because nasa so so just to give you an idea the space exploration concept was originally done through the military and then became transferred and then transferred over to the civilian agency known as nasa that was created by john f kennedy so Everyone who's gone into space is essentially civilian. They might be called Captain This or something like that. But, you know, Merchant Marines, if you ask me, you know, in World War II, as great as they were and as much sacrifice and blood and sweat and lives that they put on the line and lost in World War II, they were civilians. They were not military. They were they were a Union Navy, essentially. But anywho, moving on. But this, this launch with Inspiration4 is great because... I bet you anything, if you had asked the Wright brothers, uh, could you fly me here, they would have charged you an arm and a leg back then. And you're thinking, well, you know, that was only five cents. Five cents was roughly an arm and a leg. It was probably not five cents. They probably would have charged you like, like $5, and that would have been like an arm and a leg to you at that time. Now, a day's... You can go flying. I mean, heck, during COVID pandemics, you could fly to a lot of places. If you were flying out of the right city, you could fly overseas for dirt cheap. But now that they've actually put civilians into space, this is great. Because the more that goes into this, the sooner we could be seeing people like us. Like, Dama. well... I don't. I don't know about Damoc. Fuck you, dude. Like, I, I the mean, second he, they say that I can raffle it off, roll it up, dude. I'm I not think. I think honestly, I'm showing up with trucks, I, explosives, guns. I'm getting on that goddamn flight. I, Give me I, the fuck off this planet. I think. I think Damoc makes just a little too much money. I think he's just a little too high class for some of us. So, so I think you know, like the 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 more the plebes will will, will eventually be able to go into space. Uh, so this is great. Um, I think it's. I think it's perfect uh, for them. So the hot. Hot on the rocket, uh, fueled heels of the billionaire space race for everyday people are are ready to make space history when they strapped into SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule to go for a three-day joyride around our planet. And this is just around the planet. So they have not gone off. I mean, they're, you know, off, off world. They no, have, do, not I, I, have you seen the adjustments? Have you seen the adjustments to this plan yet? The adjustments to... No. This was supposed to be a 15 minutes in space and return to Earth. Then got adjusted to... You're going to transverse the Earth in a three-day space flight. 
Like, you're literally going to go around the globe. I don't know if it's once, twice, a hundred times, whatever the fuck they're doing, um, but they will be there. Now, if you really look at it, Jeff Bezos never actually went to space, and neither did any of the people with him. They did not breach far enough in to actually consider it space. They were still upper atmosphere, and then they came right back down. And yes, they were fucking ridiculously high up, and it was a big deal, but they are not astronauts. Um, one, because they didn't do it through NASA. And NASA says to be an astronaut, you have to go through NASA. Even cosmonauts have to go through the Russian Federation, um, and then you have the European Space Agency, you have the Indian Space Agency. I don't know what India's space agency is called i do know they're working on their big stuff um and even then it all has to be government sponsored entirely not this spacex is launching it and i believe they are launching properly through nasa so these four and i'm going to use quotation marks for the people listening these four you know everyday people you know millionaires and billionaires uh yes they will be official astronauts and they will transverse through, I believe, a little bit higher than just the upper atmosphere and then come back down. And it's going to be fucking phenomenal. All right. So, Bezos. So, there. So, the, so here we go. You have Earth, boys and girls. And Earth is a planet with water and land and daymox it has lots of daymox no there's only one there's only one uh so so above the surface of the earth is called the troposphere and then we have that thing that was everyone was afraid of in the 90s and before that having a hole in it it's called the ozone layer that's over that then you get into the stratosphere and then you get to the, the mesosphere. So, in the mesosphere is right above the stratosphere. That's kind of where, like, you get the uh, the northern lights, aurora borealis kind of stuff. Uh, I think you'll see meteors. They'll pass through there. Bezos went above mesosphere to the Kármán line. So, this is just to the edge of space. And then you get above that where we put satellites. That's the thermosphere. When you have exobase and then you have the exosphere. So that's Bezos was just on the edge of um, of space. Just at the edge of it. Uh, where did they go for this this flight? I'm trying to remember. Um uh, da, 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 so it's a three-day joyride. Oh, by the way, this was it doubles as a fundraiser's fundraiser for St. Jude's Hospital. That's good news, dude. Yeah, right. So I, I understand that there's a billionaire on there and all that, and he's the one funding it. But I do believe there was a shit ton of fucking donations, and it's for a really great cause. And you know, I, I don't know how much money was actually donated, but I'm sure it wasn't just a drop in the bucket. Like, oh, here's ten million dollars. It was probably a couple hundred million. Oh yeah. Um, hmm. I journey around. So they went around the Earth orbit, blah, blah, blah. They launched from, of course, Florida. So they're probably launching from Canaveral. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm trying to look it up myself. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing exactly where it's gonna go. Just going around the earth. I wouldn't imagine they would want to go it too high. Um, went, uh, hi. Let's see what the internet said. So they went 366 miles. Um which is more than 100 miles higher than the International Space Station. They are farther yeah. <laughs> from the planet than most astronauts who have gone into space since the end of NASA's Apollo program in the 1970s. Most... Oh, sorry, sorry. So, most... No, the Apollo missions went outside. That's not right. New York no, Times. but the the, the no, Apollo Mer missions were no. very scarce. Mercury. They're, they're saying, and are farther from the planet than most astronauts who've gone to space since the end of the Apollo program. The Apollo program took them to the moon, orbited the moon. Some landed on the moon. Um... I don't... I think Mercury was the only one that orbited the planet. Maybe I'm wrong. Huh. That's weird. Well, that's pretty high, nonetheless. Which means... So, if there are 366 miles... Um, how... Let's see. How high? Yeah, dude, I've been looking up... Um, so, they went how high? Because I can three hundred and sixty-six miles. Okay, um, so Jeff Bezos' rocket detached at an altitude altitude of forty-seven miles, and it passed the sixty-two mile boundary, and then came back to Earth. High is the yeah. So they went higher than Bezos, but I want to know. Let's see. So they were almost to the so the thermosphere starts just above the mesosphere and extends to 372 miles high. So yeah, they were they were above the thermosphere. They were still not into the exosphere. But they weren't So Bezos Bezos only went 62 miles. That's yeah. it. Yep, he was, yeah, and that's that uh, Carmen line. It's pretty, pretty low. So, here you go. Uh, zero miles. Trophosphere. Stratosphere is a little below 50. Mesosphere. And um, so, the mesosphere, just above that's the Carmen line. Uh, it's around 62. Then you have 100 miles. And then you hit the Aurora Borealis is around 150 miles, and it goes up to words to 200 miles. Then at about 250 miles, you hit the thermosphere, and then 300 miles, you'll hit uh, the limits of where satellites are at. I don't know where the space station's currently at, but they said they were 100 miles higher than the space station. But yeah, that's that's pretty high. I mean, that's that's definitely a a really big milestone. So again, I'm excited because this means that eventually we could have people going to the moon for a trip. Like this could be perfect because you know, that's what happened in Gundam wing. 
Wow, that is a great segue into the fact that there is a new Ga- Gundam anime series uh, called oh, The Witch from me. Mercury to, de- to debut in 2022. Oh, just like, God, it's, dude, the, the ISS sits a little more than 200 miles above the Earth. Okay, so yeah, they were definitely over 100 miles higher than that thing. But anyway, so there's a new uh, Gundam anime series titled The Witch from Mercury. I really don't know much about this thing just yet, uh, but this is um, coming from Bandai, and it's the uh, what is this? This this is the first one that they've had come out since uh, they had uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans, which came out in 2015. I th- I still haven't finished watching that. It's it's a lot darker. I will admit, I thought Heroes, I'll Kill You. Or, I'm sorry. Damn, dude. No, 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 like, no, no. You no, looked no. It was, right it was, at the camera. It you was, looked right at the camera. It was like Heroes, and you're like, I'll kill you. And I was like, dude, I was just yeah, shaking my head. Yeah, that's what he did. Like, that's like what he did. Well, I mean, he didn't do the like, facial. He was just more like, I'll kill you. But like, I thought the, you were mad at me because I was t- shaking my head like, ugh, Gundam. <laughs> and the TV, uh, and the TV edited version it's i'll destroy you um but it's it's originally the original translation is i'll kill you uh and the in the in the unfiltered english dub it's i'll kill you uh was kind of like edgy but uh i watched in iron blooded orphans i watched a little kid literally like kill someone they had captured these adults and they shot a guy he shot the guy like multiple times there's, they pretty much walked in the room and says, hey, you can either surrender to us and go in peace or consequences. And the one of the guys was like, yeah, screw you, man. And the, the older kid kicked him down and the other the little kid pulled out a gun and like shot him at once and then shot him like multiple times after. So he did like, he like a killing shot and then he was just like, it was kind of like, and he did it so so like emotionless just come like like a like a child soldier from you know the 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 plains of africa uh just executed him without any remorse see uh i like giant robots i like uh all the aspects behind what should be my love for anything anime giant robots, but I fucking hate anime giant robots. I don't, dude, I have this like unfeathered, seething anger towards them, and it's irrational entirely. It so is. I, I can't watch you, them. You, you and really I know it think- is. I, I, I know because fuck dude like I like giant robot movies, but as soon as they turn into that anime stuff, I really just like nope I can't watch this I fucking hate it and I like just I don't know dude something so, something's loose in my brain that doesn't allow me to enjoy all of that ladies and gentlemen our veterans every day are discovering new injuries will you, you please help them <laughs> dude you say that and here I am wearing a keep moving forward shirt man like this is for veteran suicide awareness, man. If you need somebody to fucking call, hit the GNA fucking email, man, and just be like, yo, I need to talk to Damoc. I spent my time in the military. Let's talk, man. 
I'd rather talk to you and have a good goddamn time and bullshit. Maybe we could get together for drinks. Do you by any chance have that? Uh, do you have like a phone number that they could call? Uh, I mean, I can give you the veteran suicide hotline, but yeah. I, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I got to look it up real quick. Yeah, because yeah, that's that's something that uh, we should put out there. I think. But Damoc needs more than that. He needs help because oh. Damoc yeah, right. is in like hey. giant anime robots. I know. This is payback for my, for my garbage talk about the Matrix Four. My skeptic skepticism, isn't it? Is that what it is? Yeah. No. Like I don't like anime. However, on the serious note, one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five and press one. You can even fucking text them at eight three eight two five five. Just text that number. And all that good shit. That is the veteran uh, crisis hotline and all that shit, man. But if you just want to bullshit and bullshit with some veterans, there's plenty of us in the, the GNA Discord. I say plenty of us. There's a few of us, but we're all disgruntled as fuck and we're big time whiskey drinkers because, you know, what the fuck else are you going to do? Uh, the VA ain't going to fix me. Oh, Motrin water, motherfucker. You know, it's Motrin and fucking goddamn 18-year-old fucking scotch and we'll go from there. At least that makes me feel a little bit better. But yeah, I, no, uh, to get back on subject, I don't like Gundam. And it's not that it's bad, because I know it's really good. I just can't. Like, maybe it's the enemy characters are always pompous assholes. And then it's that, that one dude's like, no, guys, I'm just this loner who wants to help out and do it. And like... Yeah, no, I can't get behind your story. Just be a pompous asshole as well. Either you're going to be the greatest or you're not going to be the greatest. I don't want to watch your... I'm the up-and-coming guy and I'm going to change how everybody sees fucking robot space robot fights because I'm going to be the gentleman. No, dude, I want to see that pompous asshole be a pompous asshole and come up and just be the best at something. And Gundam gets kind of weird because they throw in weird stuff and... I really, really, really should absolutely fucking love the genre of anime mecha robot bullshit because I, I would kill for a good mecha warrior game. I, I can watch. Uh, I can watch. I know. This is a fucking a horrible, horrible. I, I should be fucking taking out back and shot. I love Pacific Rim. And that's nothing but an adaptation of a fucking Japanese robot fucking anime to live action. And yet I can't watch the anime. Well, so I I think this is this is probably the reason why it doesn't appeal to you. I think that Gundam has the the habit of appealing to the teenage angst. Minus uh Gundam uh what's it called? So Gundam Mobile Suit Gundam, the 08th MS team, that was a little more adult. And I really think they did something like uh what's it called? Um I don't know. I just I just one of those episodes just felt like Lord of the Flies. Like it was a little weird. They're in the jungle, like this is like after the big event. Uh, it was like the last episode. And I was like, this is really weird. And it was like, there was so much like symbolism in there. It was like way too much for a kid to really understand and appreciate. And there was a lot more adult themes to it. 
but I feel like the rest of the Gundams kind of they they appeal to the younger audience. That might be why you don't like it. You know, and I talk to a lot of people who recommend a lot of the stuff, and I think is is it Neon Genesis Evangelion, whatever the fuck, also yeah, but has that's the completely different. Completely. No, 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 but it, it, it's still got the giant robot shit. Yes. Right, and I've heard, hey, that is a phenomenal show. And I'm like, okay, so I got my hands on some of the DVDs, and I was like, yes, I'm gonna watch it, and I went. Nah, dude, I'm halfway through the first episode, and, like, I like to give things three episodes to hook me because sometimes things take a couple episodes. Like, Ted Lasso took me two episodes, and I was, like, massively in love with that show. Um, but, you know, it, it, it took the two episodes. By the third episode, I, I was I was hooked, man. I, I'm ready to marry that man. I don't care. Like, that <laughs> shit was great. Um, but... Yeah, I, I try to watch those anime shows with giant robots and even the ones like, okay, so I, I'm not even going to lie, right? I went to that comic book store and I picked up some comics and I told them, you know, what I'm actually into because I, I have no shame about it. I know what I like. I like ultra-violent, ultra-sexualized Let's just fucking go over the top and enjoy the living shit out of it, right? Um, those are the type of movies I watch. It's the type of fucking anime that I watch. You know, it's, it's great. And I watch these robot ones, and everybody's like, oh, dude, you totally like this shit. And it's so bad. I can't. My it's, brain doesn't work. It, it is a psychedelic trip. Since you like ultra-violent and ultra-sexualized um, Witchblade, you haven't seen it? Okay. Watch no, Witch I've Blade. never heard of it. Yeah, it's uh um they there it was a comic or sorry, it was a manga. Uh it's it's loosely based on the American comic book. Sorry, American comic book. So it's not really manga per se. Um but uh the the story <laughs> lead character and Blade Wheeler is Masaama a kind-hearted, well-intentioned woman who is clumsy, awkward around the house, having lost her memory during the great quake which ravaged Tokyo. Masane was found uninjured at the quake's ground zero with a baby in her arms. Six years later, she returns to Tokyo with the child, whom she believes is her daughter, intending to live a peaceful life. Masa... Uh, whatever. She becomes entangled in a power struggle between a larger corporation and a government agency and discovers a mysterious bracelet on her right on her right wrist is a legendary witchblade. The costume is skimpy as hell. There is evil women that are dressed in equally skimpy costumes, and there's a lot of violence. So Okay. So I that sounds like the comic books that they, they recommended me, man, like I was like, yo, I want shit that's like ultraviolet. And they gave me Vampirella and Red Sonia. And I'm like, yeah, they're supposed to be ultraviolet and sexualized and all that. And, and that's that's what I like. So I'm going to check out Witchblade. I've already Googled it so I can figure out, you know, where I can get a couple episodes to to go from there. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like, on Hulu at one point. But I'll tell you what, man. F violence... I can only take so much of if I have to go violent in an anime. Trinity Blood. 
Trinity of Blood was good. When it comes to violence overall, I think Elven Lude was really, really good to me. I, I really enjoyed that one. Have you seen that? They're the the experiments or whatever, and I, I highly recommend Elven Lude. I stumbled upon it by accident way back when the DVDs were first coming out and Fry's Electronics, because I lived in California, was, you know, the, the, the mecha hub of where you go for everything. And we went to Fry's and I was like, yeah, dude, let's look at anime. And somebody's like, oh, this is really good and really violent. And I was like, hell yeah. And it was. It's a cutesy little love story type thing, but she is absolutely a fucking irrational, psychopathic girl that has this invisible arm thing that can do horrible things, and it's great. I'm going to send you something so that I can make sure that I'm doing this correctly or that I'm looking at the right one. Put it in the, uh, our recording chat. Is that it? Yep, that is absolutely it right there. And you, pr- you pronounce So, Elvin. I know... It, it, it looks like Elvin lied. Yeah. It's German. Oh, it's Elvin ah. lewd. Gotcha. That makes more sense. I was like, it looks like Elvin lied. And I don't know why, because it's all like it looks all Japanese and all that, but it's very German. Yeah, they like messing like, with okay. other languages and doing interesting things with it. Well, I mean, Japan's pretty tied to Germany since World War Two, but you know, I don't know <laughs> that well. Um, but yeah, so. And, and so, so to just kind of wrap this this whole Gundam thing up, yeah, the Witch of Mercury, uh, will it's going to air on television, um, but they're I think they're hoping it's going to be appealing to a more younger audience, or to to a younger audience. So I don't I don't necessarily know if you guys who are listening to this show uh, will enjoy this. I got into Gundam Wing. I love Gundam Wing. I enjoyed Endless Waltz, and that is only because I started watching it. In middle school. So it appealed to me. And is that like WWF? Like you only get into WWF because you're a kid and you can't really get into it yeah, as an right. adult? And, and like, as an I adult, never really like, got into WWF. Because <laughs> um, I, I, think, I think the reason why I probably never really got into WWF is because WWF is kind of like all MTV, like... Uh, reality shows like there's just Dude, but it was before mtv reality shows yes it, it was it, it and wwf is absolutely a fucking soap opera and has always been but as a kid like everybody kind of got into it and then if you didn't stick with it you kind of went well wrestling's fake and technically it's not fake it's scripted it's not fake yeah but in a sense, you know, it, it's a no, story. I, I think it's fake as fuck, and I never yeah. really got into it after, like, you know, but middle school, but yeah. It's funny that you call it a soap opera because I remember I talked trash about soap operas, and then my girlfriend in high school came up to me watching Naruto one day, and she said, you do realize you're watching a soap opera. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're, you're right. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I watched, oh, God, here we go. Like, Inuyasha is a great anime to me. Oh, yeah. But I watched it, like, 
and I watched it as an adult too and really got into it. When it was on Adult Swim, I used to have my TV set up so I could see it right here and I'd be playing my video games. Shit, I think at the time I was playing Final Fantasy XI online, I think was the big game. It was before World of Warcraft and it would come on uh, Adult Swim and I would stop what I was doing and not even join parties and just, I would end up watching it and I'm like, man. And then all you ever hear, every single, Kagome, Inuyasha, Kagome, Inuyasha. And I was like, oh, such a yeah. horrible soap opera, but I loved it. I, I'm going to, I'm going to confess something. Um, your so, girlfriend was actually a boyfriend in high school? <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started. He took off. off his glasses, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he is just, he is thoroughly don't, angry don't, with Daybok now. Get, he is thoroughly uh, angry. Don't get me started on the subject matter of my uh, high school girlfriend now coming out as non-binary. Um <laughs> Moving on from that point, because um, I'm not going to get into it, I uh, you made me lose my dang train of thought. So I high school, so fucking laugh. I took AP lit- literature, and uh, I had to read a bunch of books. I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of them. Um, they were good. Like, don't get me wrong. Power, the Power and the Glory was was a good book. I enjoyed that. Uh, did I read Lord of the? F- I think I read Lord of the Flies in that one too. That I read that read that previously in language and comp. But um, I'd have to say, uh, the one that I enjoyed the most, just because it's just like you ever watch something and you go like, oh, come on, like, come on, like, just like the tension's just there and it's just like, come on, just, just let's, let's get this like resolved, like, just like, it's just like, it builds and 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 finally it's like, yes, thank you, finally that happened, like, whatever it is, whether it's like a romance or whether it's like overcoming like a powerful enemy, you know, whatever you, whatever it is. The one that did it the best that and then and then I just enjoy that like that it's just like it's a constant tease and then finally like it comes to resolution and they just bam just punches you just it just punches it just perfectly is Pride and Prejudice. I kid you not. You read that and you go, you guys are being so stuck up. You guys are being so staunchy. But it's like, but she's like, when it finally you get to the end of it with uh, Mr. Darcy and I forget the main character, what her, what her name was. Oh, God, is this going to bug me? I'm going to blank on all their names, but I'm going to say you are 100% correct. But that is a book that. You start it and it's rough. You get halfway through it and you don't want to continue. You're just kind of like, I'm not sure I'm really enjoying this. But if you suck it up and go through it and actually read it and understand what you're reading, that ending is so thoroughly just... Oh, yes. Wow. And and that that stuck-up woman... The older woman, I forget her name for the life of me, but the when she just when Elizabeth just like talks, just just like puts her in her place, it's like yeah. <laughs> oh, I, 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 dude, the the book 
it's a very, very, for me personally, it was a very rough read to get into. It was a very rough read to push through the middle. I think I put it down for like two months and then had to pick it back up and go back a chapter to kind of reread and get back in the mindset. Um, and I mean, this was, oh fuck, forever ago, dude. Like at least 15-ish years. Um, yeah, but if you can push through to the end, that book that'll knock you on your ass man it's good it's good like like blues over here and i can see him physically shaking like yeah it just it felt that good and it's gonna feel that fucking good in your brain as well and you're going to enjoy the shit out of it but it is in my personal opinion a very rough book to start and and get through but that ending is so fucking worth it yes it is and on that note ladies and gentlemen our Damoc, why don't you tell no. the good people? We we missed one. Yeah. We missed a topic. Yeah, I know. You planned it all out. I I, I did, but we're we're running long in the tooth, and we we can't run long in the tooth in this. I don't have long teeth anymore, man. I grind them in my fucking sleep. I'm supposed <laughs> to wear a retainer, but I don't. You should. I don't think I can do that without having something in my mouth. You should really wear your retainer. <laughs> yeah, I probably should go and get one, but I'm not going to. Uh, you know, but okay. Well, we'll let Cecil talk about one thing next week there that he's going to be super hyped about, That's right? right. That, and it, it'll be a better time for him. So why don't you tell the good people where you can be found? Uh, well, if I'm not hanging out in the GNA Discord, you can find me, you know, hanging out with Choco Bear over in the fucking Thoughts and Shots podcast. Not quite sure he likes me calling him Choco Bear, but hey, you know what? It's out of love, brother. It's out of love. So, fuck yeah. Let's have some fun. Very nice, sir. Very nice. And uh, if you haven't already, ladies and gentlemen, our wonderful viewers, all, all of you who have the time for us which we really appreciate it you should check out thoughts and shots they're uh they're an entertaining podcast we've been on there before um when they do their movie nights uh, check them out but uh i'm your host blue shark 45 and you can find me on twitter at blue shark 45 when i'm not making horribly line pushing slash line crossing jokes at the beginning of the gna podcast uh, otherwise, you can find me on our GNA Discord saying something every now and then or saying way too much and not shutting my mouth when I should have shut my mouth five minutes ago. And you can find me on this show about every other week. Well, Damoc, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining us this evening and uh, turning this into a two-man show rather than the solo one-man show solo cup that it probably could have become. Dude, why the fuck you guys keep letting me on the show? I have no goddamn idea, but, you know, here I am. You know, you I should be thanking ideas. you for, you know, yeah. I should be thanking you for letting me fucking have a couple drinks and run my goddamn mouth. And I go in the morning like, did I really talk about that? Like, I know my butthole's that big, but is Blue's butthole as big as I described it as? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yes, you really did talk about how much you like Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
Okay, Roger that, dude. Right, fuck you guys. I love that book, but it, it, it's rough. But stick it out to the end, man. Just, just fucking bear down on it. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. All right. You have a good night, and thank you all for listening. Oh wait! Oh wait! Oh wait! What are we doing? What am I doing? He got drunk and forgot off of his. This is the third beer I've had this week. It is. uh, Yeah, he's like, I have it my little igloo koozie thing to make sure it stays cold and frosty for this show. He's drunk as shit. I had one in. Wait, wait, what? What what was that? Four point two percent? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, so two four point two percent beers, ladies and gentlemen, you should subscribe to this show on iTunes. We would love if you would rate and review no, us. No, fuck on it, iTunes. dude. You, you blew it. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I'm doing Podcast this. Podcast over. Stop. Fuck you guys. <laughs> no, I'm We're doing, doing this. this shit. If you don't know where to find us, well, then you can come <laughs> suck my dick at this point because Blue is too drunk off of his two 4% fucking beers that, by the way, if you haven't seen him, he calls them the tall boys. They're like those mini fucking sprites. I didn't call anything a, a tall boy. You can find us on iTunes. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Reviews help other people find our wonderful show. You can also find us on Google. You can find us on YouTube. You can go find us on Spreaker, MyTuner, YourListen, Spotify, and just about anywhere else. If we're not there, email us at GNA pod- or email us at GNA podcast at GNA in IN your DNA dot one. If you if you email us that and you can ask us questions, you can send in comments and reviews of the show. We would greatly appreciate them, and we'll read them on on the show next week. Um, Humble Bundle is one of our sponsors of this show. Humble Bundle is a game purchasing site with a twist. Every game that you purchase, you can determine where your money goes. Charity to the uh, developer instead of just going all to the publisher's pocket. You should go in there and you should put question mark partner equals GNA podcast at the end of any Humble Bundle link to let them know that we sent you to them. And make sure you go down there and you slide that bar for GNA podcast all the way over to zero because, well, you should give your money to other things besides us. Uh, we also have a Facebook account. You can find us on Facebook searching GNA podcast. We have a Twitter at GNA podcast. If you go on there to our Twitter account, we have a pin tweet. You can click on that link and you can join our discord. If you still can't find it, if it's not working, if you're having trouble, you can always tweet at Cecil Xavier or blue shark 45. And we will help get you to this wonderful We'll just stick with one word, Discord. That is the GNA Discord. And also, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we have a website. At www.whofuckingcaresanymore.com. No, really, it's gnapodcast.com. And you, you really should check it out. But 
legitimately fucking pay attention tweet email fucking i don't know send send a dick pic uh, whatever it is saying that you want to play some pathfinder and i'll buy you the game of fucking pathfinder say that uh you love pride and prejudice and you know give me a detail that you've actually fucking read it and uh i'll buy you the deluxe copy of pathfinder wrath of the righteous and we'll go from there and also you assholes still have not claimed this damn solid state drive that i have but I think that contest is going to come to a close. You have one more week to do it as the end of this podcast. Thank you, Damoc. And be sure to email those dick pics. We, we don't need them tweeted at us. No, thank you. Dude, fucking tweet. Right. So you said it's GNA podcast at GNA in your DNA.com? GNA podcast at GNA in your DNA. Dot so just to one. be clear on here, we are talking golf, November, Alpha, Papa, Oscar, Deltas. <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> Charlie, Alpha, Sierra, Tango at golf, November, Alpha, India, November, Yankee, Oscar, Uniform, Delta, November, Alpha, dot com. If you really want to do it, but I could do it as Charlie, Oscar, Mike, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm just going to extend this out because Blue looks like he's tired and I'm pissing him off. No, it's no, no you, you, I was just making sure that you were covering all the letters and yeah, you, you got it. You got it. It's because I wrote it down on a fucking notepad and spaced <laughs> it out properly, unlike some people who take nine intakes into the intro hey, hey, hey. that you're that probably going to get fucking clipped anyways. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, well. No, this time it was two. You got lucky, but man, we first saw these fucking intros. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, man. Like, hey, hey, 19 cold, cold fucking opens, tries. Cold opens are hard. They're hard. No, I'll give you that. It's a good time, though. Hey, man, I've enjoyed drinking with you and bullshitting. It has been a great fucking night. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Jay Mock. It's been a great time. Have a good one.